0: So we're going to be reading from Luke 24, verses uh, verses 13 to 34. Reading from verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept... From recognizing him, they asked them, and he asked them, "Sorry, what are you discussing together as you walk along?" They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, "Are you only a visitor to Jerusalem, and do not know the things that have happened there in these days?" "What things?" he asked. "About Jesus of Nazareth," they replied. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning with us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up, returned at once to Jerusalem where they found the eleven and those with them assembled together. Assembled together and saying... It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Thank you, God.
1: In the name of uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, in the name of the one who was, who is, and who is to come, I greet you. Good morning, saints. Good morning, morning, sinners. I think I've got a majority here today, Jono. Now that you're here, you've just tipped it over the line. Uh, we were travelling this year around the time of Easter. Uh, actually, I think uh, Easter Day we were in Brussels. That was a nice place to be uh, on Easter Day. We made it to a uh, final part of a uh, of an Easter Sunday Mass, and uh, they were pl- the organ, the pipe organ was playing Jesu, Joy of Man's Desiring, that uh, little known Bach piece, I guess. Um, some of you might know. Uh, and then uh, a six-voice uh, male choir concluded the gathering, and that was kind of our feeling of, of Easter. I love Easter, and we missed some of the ebb and flow, to use that word, uh, that words that's been used today a little bit already, around the emotions and the comings and goings of Easter because of our travels. And so that's my rationale today, at least for um, begging your indulgence, to do this little piece of um, post-Easter work with you. Uh, around this uh, text that we've just heard. Uh, The theme today, as you've heard, is liminal learning. Um, And so in the spirit of this post-Easter period, uh, in this maybe brief, possibly brief message, I'm going to offer you three words. Confidence, word, word and witness. Confidence, word and witness. But first a question. Have you ever been in between two places? Have you ever been in between two places? It might be between the completion of exams and the waiting for results, or it might be between applying for a job and getting the outcome of that, uh, hearing the outcome of the interview. It could be between two life stages of your journey as a human being, like the commencement of a relationship and the discernment over time of whether that relationship will be the relationship uh, and the possibility of commitment. Uh, to a future life partner through uh, engagement and wedding. Or it could be a period when a pastoral leader is on leave and you're not too sure what is happening as it has been through the earlier part uh, of this year for the church here at Williamstown. Uh, between two places, pastoral leader on maternity leave, what is going to happen next? Who's going to come? Who's going to help us? Welcome, Jono. It's good to have you with us. Isn't it great? Hello? I know Tiff thinks that anyway. I sense some excitement in her voice. Uh, For me in uh, 2018, uh, that was my story. After 14 years as uh, Executive Officer of Churches of Christ in Vic Taz, uh, I was between two places. Wondering what God was going to do with me next. Wondering how he was going to stretch me next. Wondering what particular task uh, he might lead me towards. Why don't we just take a moment or so now and just turn to someone alongside of you and share a personal a time in your life, a personal in-between phase. Uh, something that's uh, a moment, a long moment, a period of time where you might have been in, been in between two places. Look, if you're sitting next to your husband and wife and you don't feel the need to talk to them, you could find someone decent, someone nearby uh, to talk to, but just a minute or two, just a sentence or so, an in-between time that you've experienced. Okay, just interrupting your conversation. You can continue it over uh, morning tea this morning if you'd like to. Uh, this particular time or period of time, this in-between phase, I'm sort of in-between at the moment, I'm feeling, uh, this, this in-between phase technically uh, is called liminality, liminality. It's a liminal space and it can be an uncomfortable place. There can be internal tension, even an inner crisis of some kind, usually because we've left a, left a tried and true place, a safe place, and we may not yet have arrived uh, at uh, another place that, or achieved, if you like, a sense of security uh, and uh, a reduction of our anxiety um, in, in some kind of replacement space. It may not yet have appeared. This is um, unavoidable in life. <laughs> It is unavoidable also in the life that we are called to have as followers of Jesus. It's a life of movement. It is a life of change. It is a life of repeated transitions and and alterations and amendments and, and, and just things that happen that lead us in new directions. As people who are committed to work out what it means to follow Jesus in these crazy days of the 21st century. And as bearers of the kingdom, it's a fundamental aspect of our life calling and it's the place where God works best in that time of liminality because we actually get to trust him more maybe than when things seem to be going so well for us and we are then of course in control uh, at that particular time a place where God works best. And next week, you'll hear a little bit of a personal story of that as Amanda, my wife, comes up with me and shares uh, our time together. Um, that, that'll be next week, but we're in between. We're not there yet, okay? And I love the idea, too, that an acquaintance of mine, uh, Nathan, uh, has started a cafe at 161 Collins Street. Nathan's the guy, Frank, that started the cafe just down here uh, where our office is. Uh, there. He's now started another one. Sorry, excuse us. Um, um, and and Nathan started a cafe down 161 Collins Street the old TNG building on the ground floor this is an advertisement I still have to pay for my coffee Um, and it's called Liminal what a great name for a place where you spend time between things I don't know that he I'm helping him understand what that really means. By the way, the Latin root, uh, limon, for the word liminal or liminality, literally means threshold. Threshold. God is always um, up to something new. He's always up to the unexpected. He always leads us forward. And so recently, I joined a pilot project providing care and building community in the Rialto precinct in Collins Street, the other end of Collins Street, in the CBD. I'm a um, wellbeing consultant. Um, have we got a slide on that? There it is. Well done. Uh, and this whole process of, of uh, building uh, something from nothing in, in the Rialto Precinct, 4,800 people work on site in those two towers every day. Uh, and the opportunity to, to, if you like, be building a bridge as we're walking on it, because we don't really know what we're doing, uh, to imagine what it might be like to be involved in achieving some of the goals of the project that we've put in place. That's the, in a sense, come at the end of an in-between time, and yet it is now another in-between time because, as I said, we don't exactly know what we're doing. In the Bible narrative... Of course, it's uh, Abram or Abraham leaving his home country for a land that he didn't know. It's God's people wandering, (laughs) roaming, as it were, in the wilderness between Egypt and the promised land. It's Jonah in the belly of a great big fish. It's Mary, um, Mary weeping at the tomb. And it's the two Jesus followers meeting Jesus on the Emmaus road in that familiar story that we just heard that Jono read to us. That was their liminal space. They were between the life that they had known and whatever might yet come next. And they encountered the risen Jesus and they rushed back to tell the disciples. But of course, the eleven and uh, their companions were still uh, locked away for fear of um, what the... Uh, political and religious heavies might do to them at that particular time and they were still in that in-between liminal space despite all they'd heard from the women who went to the tomb despite all they'd heard from the women all that they'd heard from Peter All that they'd heard that just then, in that moment, from the two Emmaus road hikers, as well as the teaching of Jesus that had been given to them over those three years, they were startled and terrified, it says. Or they were scared half to death when Jesus actually appeared amongst them. The risen Jesus appeared amongst them. And wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you be? And aren't we still when God shows up in unexpected ways and at unexpected times, even when we know his promises, even though we may have heard him speak to us in some way at at some time in the past, like the two on the Emmaus Road, we can miss identifying Jesus and we can miss seeing God at work, just like the disciples. We can accept the theory of the resurrection of Jesus, but doubt its power and reality in our lives. For as, the, as the death and resurrection people, while we may share in the suffering of Jesus, including sometimes and often in those in-between times, in those liminal periods, where we share in the suffering of Jesus, we are also designed to share in the power of the resurrection, as Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. And that, of course, is all the work of the Holy Spirit uh, working in our lives, his gifts and his fruit uh, in this season uh, that he, he has placed us in now, which again, of course, is another in-between season, sidebar, another in-between season, because we live in the kingdom but not yet in the kingdom. It is a now and not yet thing. There's that liminality. We're caught in that space uh, through our lives, even though there's a security in the strangeness of that space. Coming back, Tiff, I'm coming back to the notes. And so there's that first word confidence. Confidence. For those early followers of Jesus, the proof of the resurrection for them was in the seeing, eating and touching. It was enough for them. They were moving from a liminal space to a space of hope and confident shalom. And Luke's second book, the book of Acts, describes their uh, initial activities as well as their learnings as they boldly, lovingly and confidently experimented with the living out of the good news of Jesus uh, uh, and the good news of the kingdom uh, and and seeking to explain it to other people. And then there's us. We uh, can't physically see and touch Jesus. We can't sit down and eat a tasty fish meal with Jesus, as those guys did. That's why the, the next... Part of the text is so important. Perspective is always essential. And then he said, Jesus said to them in the in the up in the upper room, everything I told you while I was with you comes to this all of the things written about me in the law of the moses in the in the law of moses in the prophets and in the psalms have to be fulfilled and he went on to open up their understanding of the word of god showing them how to read their bibles this way and he said you can see now how it is written that the messiah suffers rises from the dead on the third day and then a total life change through the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed in his name to all nations starting from here from Jerusalem. It's like a rear-view mirror and a windscreen. Wisdom is remembering that the windscreen is far bigger than the rear-view mirror. We're to take periodic glimpses back, but take extended looks At forward, looking forward. And here Jesus provides his little band of followers with a glimpse backward with uh, uh, all of the purpose, if you like, um, All with the purpose and the desire and the design to propel them forward for all that that was was going to be ahead. Jesus went on to open their understanding of the word of God, showing them how to read or see their Bibles, Uh, the, the paraphrase the message paraphrase puts it and to see the Bible and to read the Bible this way which way which way we might say and it's the way that linked together the great big narrative of God for them the books of Moses the prophets and the Psalms and for us Genesis to Revelation a narrative that is constantly repeated and and uh, constantly reframed reframing a display of God God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit the one God reaching out to all people, offering a consistent pathway uh, to move uh, from slavery to worship, dramatised, of course, in that passing of God's people crossing the Red Sea, which is in Exodus 14. One of the stories I'm sure Jesus told them about and reminded them of as he sat with them post-resurrection, this risen Jesus explaining to them the stories of the text to help these followers, to help them understand and yet to see and to understand, to feel, if you will, um, the reality, the, the power, the, the centrality of Jesus' death, resurrection to the kingdom message. And so here's the second word, Word, of course, capital W, Word. Our confidence in the reality of the resurrection of Jesus and its power to transform us and propel us forward comes from the Word of God collated for us in the Bible. Collected there, a collection of stories um, from ages past, uh, with uh, ages past, present and future principles that are contained within them. A collection of stories collated for us. It's an imperative thing that we we read, note and inwardly digest the text. The way that Jesus does and have the the capacity, whether it's in an alpha conversation or a a conversation, Uh, at Liminal, that cafe in Collins Street, wherever it might be, uh, that capacity to be able to tell the story of the good news of Jesus, the the good news of the kingdom, and to be able to see, therefore, for ourselves first, before we even tell the story, uh, the, the, uh, the beauty and the wonder, to see constantly on every page of the text, this overarching story that makes sense of all those things that we don't seem to be able to make sense of ourselves when we're in this in-between time. And the story that no one is separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus, that nobody, nobody, is separated from the love of God in Christ Jesus, where everybody has the possibility of discovering a pathway to a redemptive Christian community, of experiencing the power of the resurrection, uh, in big ways and also in little ways. It is an excellent resource for liminal living and liminal spaces and, and for the rest of life as well, can I suggest? Read, note, inwardly digest the word. And so we come to word three, witness. Confidence, word, witness. Followers of Jesus surprised startled and fearless and i should say fearful ones from the first century or questioning seeking and strangely hopeful ones in the 21st century are named and called and branded as witnesses the language of, of verses of verses 48 to 49 in luke 24 are clear they're an early echo if you will of what what luke will later write in acts 1 verse 8 you're the first to hear and see it you're the witnesses. What What comes next is very important. I'm sending what my father promised to you, so stay here in the city until he arrives, talking about the Holy Spirit, until you're equipped with power from on high. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. In Acts 1, verse 8. Of course, thanks for the affirmation. From up the back there. As a death and resurrection people, people, at times sharing in the sufferings of Jesus and regularly, regularly experiencing little and big resurrections, we are a sign, witness and foretaste of the kingdom that Jesus came to proclaim. We do this with our actions, not only with our words, but with our actions. Uh, that well-known text in 1 John 3 we know love by this that he lay down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for one another how does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need yet refuses to help activities as well as words as uh, may have been your or our own experience, we, we do this individually uh, as we draw near to people, for then it is as if Jesus is drawing near to them. We do this collectively as we welcome individuals uh, into the, uh, a community of hope and compassion uh, that becomes a pathway um, to a redemptive relationship with God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And first we welcome people and we accept people where the, where the, where the other is. Not demanding or requiring them to fulfill certain things before they are loved or accepting or accepted, but just welcoming them as we 've been welcomed as we are as we are, offering this this hope and compassion uh, compassion for those who might be living with the discomfort of liminality that in between space I spoke of before in inevitably those who might wander in to a church service on a Sunday morning or participate in Alpha or that we might bump into at a cafe somewhere, inevitably, 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 there will be that liminality going on in their lives. And, of course, isn't that some of us a lot of time? Or isn't that all of us most of the time? In John's account of um, this post-resurrection period, the Gospel of John, we, we find this story told again, um, but we find a, another story and we, we find these questions and they're going to be up on the screen. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. And the second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And the next screen. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed My sheep. You'll note here in this conversation, post-resurrection, that Jesus does not ask a belief question. He asks a relational or relationship question. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And it seems clear... As I read it, that Jesus is expecting from this relational or behavioral question, if you will, a relational or behavioral response, not just a technical box ticking exercise, but actually a changed life and a changed set of values that shows up in life and in a relationship. If uh, do, he says, do you love me? It's almost as if he's saying, if you love me, if you you love me, feed my sheep, in, a- in action. It's actions, not just words. And it's further in- reinforced by the words of love that Jesus uses in the text. Uh, in this encounter that he has uh, there Uh, he uses the uh, word agape uh, which of course is is a self-giving sacrificial love for the first two but he uses filio for the third question filio which is uh, best translated fraternal or community love agape love and community love and Jesus said you are witnesses of these things Each post-resurrection story of Jesus is told with one purpose, to prepare his followers of of every time for life in the world as witnesses to the resurrection. Yes, we're all witnesses, or we can be witnesses, of the resurrection, a sign and a foretaste of the kingdom. This is because of the confidence that those early Christ ones had in the great big narrative of God Confidence to love God and to love people and to, uh, especially those, to love those who are different, marginalised and devalued. To be bearers of the kingdom, helping the kingdom come, become much more obvious on earth as it is in heaven. Confidence to record with confronting honesty the word of witness in the little library of books that we call the New Testament. So how shall we now live? That picture describes our life, I guess. How shall we now live? How can we test the impact and the influence, or the witness, if you will, of the resurrection in our lives? Uh, writer Bruce Larson suggests rather obviously that there are three important areas in which to do this. The past, duh. The present, duh. And the future, the past, the present, and the future. Can I invite you then to consider your next step? Which are the growth areas, or if you like, the liminal spaces that might exist for you today? Things that you might need to let go of, things that you might need to grasp. In the past, what memories, hurts, or failures, or if onlys? do you still carry? One or or other of these may be the location where you need a little or big resurrection, resulting in freedom from that which cripples us inside and cripples us externally in our relationships as well. The past, what memories, hurts, failures or if onlys. The present, what fears, destructive attitudes or addictions do you carry today? Who do you find hard to love, accept, and welcome? Again, one or other of these may be where you need a little or big resurrection, resulting in the capacity and to, lo- to love, first of all, love and accept yourself, and to love others extravagantly, to be lovers in a dangerous time, as Bruce Coburn sings. The past, the present, the future. The people of God, Christ ones, dream dreams and see visions. What dreams are you dreaming? What visions are you having? The resurrection manifests in Christ ones, followers of Jesus, as the power at work within us that is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine or dream of. In what God-designed resurrection-empowered dream or vision of yours will people be walking in in 10 days, 10 months, or 10 years? In 20 days, 20 months, or 20 years? In 30 days, 30 months, or 30 years? We are called to be a death and resurrection people. The time between death and resurrection is that liminal space. It's uncomfortable. We experience it in many and varied ways. Some of us are experiencing it as we speak today. What might we need to let go of? Who might we need to gr- whose hand might we need to grasp as we imagine all that God has for us collectively as a community, but individually as a follower of Jesus? Can we pray together? Gracious, generous God, we uh, thank you uh, for your love for us. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for your courage uh, in, and bravery and risk entrusting us with the task of being your sign, witness and foretaste in this world. Help us Lord, to continue to allow you to nudge your spirit, to nudge us and to nudge our lives. To change us, to renew us, to refresh us, to help us let go of things, to let us, help us grasp your hand, and help us in those times that seem to go longer than they need to from our perspective, those liminal times, to read, note, and inwardly digest those stories and those principles that enable us to, to not only just cope, but to see beyond that moment to all you have for us. Through your spirit. Speak to us, encourage us, and empower us today, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen.